Hi and welcome to episode 10 of the Not Even Being Serious podcast. It's the dynamic duo, we're back again after a mini break. Um, today we're just going to talk about different varying random things. There's no focus on today. Um, but we were just having a conversation off air and it seems like, it seems like every, every, even by every podcast every time we meet up, we'll talk about your degree. Uh-huh. Um, and you, you mentioned you're, you're talking to me, you were just now talking to me about possible resets. Yeah. I remember when you started, mm-hmm. you said it on here as well, like you're determined, you were determined, are you still, you were determined to reach a certain goal. You had a goal for yeah. yourself. You still. Yeah, but from being realistic, it's just not going to happen. Why? At this part in my Look, course, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I'm asking. Because uh-huh. from the outside looking in, uh-huh. you've never lost uh, a, a, that crucial aspect of motivation or drive uh-huh. or interest even uh-huh. in your course. You've been disillusioned by the administration, and you're being disillusioned by everything being moved online and the uncertainty of of scheduling and stuff. But that's that's. It's very close, but it is still separate from the actual things you're learning. Yeah, it's just that I hate I hate the journey of how I got here. It feels like everything's gone against me. So the sen- in the sense that almost almost a year ago now, I started, and then one month in we went into lockdown, and then everything was put online, and obviously I didn't go online because I was going through shit. But then now that I've started again, online is really difficult for me. I struggle to sit and, and absorb all the information. I'm the type of guy that needs to be in class. He's that human interaction and I need to bounce my ideas off you. Yeah, you can, you know, ideally you can do that on, on an online thing. But it's just like if I'm sitting in my dressing gown, on my chair in my room, I just, it's, it's not there. As opposed to getting up every morning, shaving, putting on your uniform, going there 15 minutes before sitting down and then just banging the day out from nine to five every day. That for me works. But then I've also got the, the problem of, of in this part of my course, I was supposed to have that some sort, some sort of experience at sea mm-hmm. in which, in which it was phase one, you get a bit of knowledge. Phase two, you go to see, you apply your knowledge and then you get added experience of real world, you know, practical, um, whatever. And then you come back and you build onto that. If you're thinking about it, the first two phases I've done fuck all. Well, so now you'd be in phase three. Yeah, I'm phase three now. You're officially phase three. Yeah, I'm phase three. Oh shit. Okay. And I haven't done exams on anything until now because of COVID. All I've did is is two assignments, which I gave in and I passed. Don't ask me how, because if you're asking me, that was the worst piece of work I've ever done in my life. Genuinely. So if I'm being realistic and I've got exams to do on stuff that I should have practical knowledge on, I don't. Wow. I mean, I ain't going to try my best. But it's not, it's not a 40% as part, it's a 65. Which is in some, in most unis, it's a 2-1. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm being realistic. I think after after April, if I do manage to get on C for a year, that's when I'm going to learn most of my stuff, and that's what I'm waiting for. Okay, so it's oh fuck. So you feel really 
hamstrung by online. Yeah, it, fucking it, hate it. It messed up. You're the, the type of person that needs that that structure put yeah. on you. Yeah, yeah, you can't put it on yourself. Yeah, no, no, I can't put it on myself. I have no discipline whatsoever. And it's really hard for me to sit down. Even in class, like, I'd struggle to sit down, but at least I'd pay attention. And they were really cool in there. Because they know we had long days, they'd be like, you know, take a break, walk around a bit. If you need to walk around, just put your hand up. Just If you want to stand up where you are to get some blood flowing, you can do that. That's fine. They don't, they don't care. Which is what I like about that, because if I'm moving and actually pay attention, I absorb. And with my head is... I'm not going to understand anything unless you explain it to me first time and explain it to me well. Mm. If I can get it from there, then I'm, I've got it. There's no need to, there's no, there's no doubt in my mind whatsoever. But if you're explaining to me something via online and then everyone's lagging and someone butts in and then she stops and then I've got to sort of remember what she's saying and then, and then everyone's going through this thing of online forums and answering questions and people want to be private for some reason. So we've got a mute and then leave so then they can have a one-on-one -on -one because they're afraid of being wrong in front of the others. I don't get that. That just messes with, with the whole momentum of learning for me. So my experience with online, is it's, so yours is different to mine. So mine was, uh, essentially they would be, for, if it was a lecture, mm -hmm. you'd show up in the Teams meeting and everybody's mics had to be muted. You weren't allowed to speak. And if you wanted to ask a question, you would have to wait until the end of the lecture and then you would have to use like the raise hand button on Teams. So you would have no interruptions, no nothing. And it would essentially just be a, the teacher or the lecturer speaks and you listen and you take your notes. And the, but that's not what you're describing. Well, how many people are in your class? Well, it's a lecture. So let's say there was like, there would be some where there'd be 30 people. Yeah, for us, it's 10. Okay, but... So but that's that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. So would it be would it have been better for you if the if the lecturer in charge of your lessons was like, I'm gonna teach what I've gonna, you have a fifty minute slot. I'm gonna teach what I teach for thirty minutes, and then for twenty minutes you can all ask me whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, then, that that would be better. But it's none it's, of them do that. No, some of them do, but it, because everyone's got their their camera off and they're muted. The teacher doesn't want to be there talking to her to themselves. So she's constantly like, you know, are we okay? Are we okay? Mm. You know, do you get that? Do you get that? And she keeps asking. People unmute and they say, yeah, we're fine, whatever, or thumbs up or hands up or whatever. That just ruins it for me. I can't. Just, even if I have a question, I'm like, I'm just not going to ask because I, just, I don't want to go through that. I don't like the process anymore. It's not It's not a nice process. I just, I physically, I hate it. What, what was it? Was it? Is it the... I remember, for me, the thing that re really pissed me off when they'd, they'd stop everything. They'd ask, are we okay? It'd take somebody five years to unmute, to have the balls to unmute and say, yeah, yeah we're good. And then the, the whole stop-start nature of it was really what pissed me off. Is it the same thing? Yeah, that, that, that's also a thing. But then you've also got that one guy who doesn't, and surprisingly, it's not me, that guy that always asks, you know, what time do we have a meeting? You know, what link is it? And it's all online. Like every day we've got tabs. It's very clear that the website's decent. So you know what you're doing, where you're going, what to do. But there's always this one guy that comes in like five minutes late and then you've got to start again because the guy is fucking is like, oh, sorry, I'm late, whatever. And then they greet each other and they're like, okay, so this is what we've done so far. And I just lose interest. 
Plus, if my camera's off, I ain't sitting properly. I'm slouching, I've got my arms up, my legs up, and I'm on my phone. So then what if, and this is to play devil's advocate, because I think it's interesting, there's a, there's a bit of a, there's a, you mentioned the structure worked for you. Mm-hmm. But there's, there was also a structure in high school, and there was a structure in the army. But this is different. Yeah, because so what's the difference? The difference was as I was actually interested in what I'm doing. But if you have to force me to do something that genuinely demotivates me, I'm not going to do it. It's got to be... Yes, there's a structure, but if I do it through my own volition mm-hmm. and then through my freedom to choose, then I'm going to do it. In the army, it was everything was put onto you and you're never right. You know, it's, it's, always, it's always, yes, sir, no, sir, how high, sir. It's, it's not... And school... I mean, I just I was never interested in anything. This was this was finally something where all the dots connected. It was a structure that would help me because d- discipline-wise, I don't have any. And it was something I would I liked to do. If I found interesting, so I'd put the effort in. So it was like all all the stars just aligned perfectly. And fucking COVID hit, and it all went down the toilet. Mm. But what, what does what helps you like get through it? Do you need the structure? Do you prefer your own freedom to do your own work? You're like, sod this, I'm just going to read whatever's online, make my own notes, and then come and sit down like our friend. Like our friend. We should you, give him a pseudonym. Uh, just just uh, any name. Quintus. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, like, Kim, from what I understand, is sometimes he does attend lectures, but last year, he, he'd bun all that off. He'd sit down with his notes, bang it out, and then just go and do the exams, go do the assignments, and... From what I understand, he's doing pretty well. So I think me and him are sort of different ends of the spectrum. You're... You're different ends of the spectrum. You need... No, I think you're a special case. I think if if in this spectrum we're talking about, we have uh, structure versus no structure. So some So one end of the structure, if you don't have a structure, people work best in there, in that environment, and then people require the structure enforced on them but you it could be both i feel like from what you described it could be both if you're not if you don't have a structure if if nobody comes and places a structure on you but you're you're interested and motivated to do something then uh the the continuation for you is in um if you are motivated to do something and then you you get a substantial reward for it in your terms like a decent good good quality or a good uh, reward from it, then you'll keep it up. Yeah. Um, but then that's different. I think that's different to others. I don't, I don't know how I would c- characterize... Uh, like what system best works for you then? For me? Yeah. I would love to say that uh, I could put my own discipline. Uh, if you gave me... If you didn't give me a structure... Yes, then yeah. I'll just I'll do whatever I want, but it's, I can't do that. It's uh, do you know what that is? I think that's one of those um, paradox of choice kind of thing. So the idea is, um, if you if I give you too many options, it's harder for you to make a decision. Yeah. So then I just do nothing. Right. So if you give me no structure, uh, not no, I'm not talking about me per se, but you understand. There are some people if you give them unlimitless amount of time they won't know what to do with it so they'll just uh, crawl into a hole and sort of 
wait for it to pass by. Uh, I'd love to say that if you give me limitless time, then I'll be able to put my own structure in and go from there. But I think looking back, um, the only time I've ever felt like I succeeded at anything was in the army. And the army, by definition, puts a whole structure on you, puts a whole, tries to force you into a system, basically. And my experience was different to yours. Yours, you got shoved to a, a part of the army where there was, it was the opposite of meritocracy. You said it yourself. It was, you have to do, there was no, if you, if you put in an effort in, if you put in an effort, you saw no reward. Uh, whereas for me, um, yeah, I had to adjust to a, like a stricter, um, a stricter day-to-day -day routine, but I, I felt like my efforts were acknowledged and rewarded and I was justified. Yeah, that's how it should be though. Yeah. That's how it should be. Plus, um, I feel like with the army, you kind of, you were a bit proud as well because you got into the into the M MPs, which is special forces. Obviously, I didn't. So, there's that element of you wanted to get there, you got in, so that okay, I might as well make the best of it. But well, but with me, it was like I don't care where I go, I just want to do the forty months and get out. And then I was put into this camp where, you know, unfortunately, I was probably the smartest person there, so I shone above the others quite easily and then I was given I was given the role above the rest but in getting that role I, I, I fucked myself a bit because I was given more responsibility and then my superior was always hagging me about how why things aren't the way he wanted them and it, and I was like well if I've tried I, well I did try because there were some things you needed to learn and I learned them and instead of giving me like a reward like seeing a couple of days off or whatever he gave me this the role um like and then you just shout at me every day and any chance you could get. And that was just a really bad experience for me. So I just stopped trying at everything from there. Yeah, it was... Um, it's funny because it wasn't just the, the pride. Yeah, it came from... This is really interesting, I think, because the pride came from... It didn't come from where I went. It came from... Before we went in, we had just finished senior school. Mm -hmm. We had just, all of us were sort of along the lines of, we're very glad to be done with that part of our lives. And so, me, my philosophy was, well, I'm not particularly happy with my conduct in senior school. Not disciplinary, mm -hmm. but my output. So, I decided, well... I have an opportunity here. This is essentially a new chapter in our lives. I'm going to do it properly. Um, and so that entailed... So I told myself, maybe in a few days before again, um, you know, we're going to start this thing. I'm going to do it properly. And I'm going to follow orders and not make trouble for anyone. Because if I follow orders, then by that logic, people should leave me alone. Uh, and then... I also, and then so joining the special forces was, uh, was separate from that. It was, okay, let me do something to challenge myself. So that, because I felt that if I 
if I did the normal thing, kind of what you did or mm-hmm. what Harry did or the others, I would stagnate. I would feel like it was a waste of time. Yeah, which is what I was feeling. Yeah. And I thought, you know, going into something that would be more challenging would at least educate me on something. Yeah. But the but most pride I felt was it came from the combination of both. It wasn't just the one. It was when I went to the Special Forces, getting in wasn't the hardest thing in the world. It's not the hardest thing in the world oh, to get yeah, in. Because you were athletically built. Sure. I, I mean, was... I applied. Well, for mine. No, you, yeah, didn't. Yeah, you didn't. didn't come to the test with me. Well, no, they just shot me down because I had tattoos. Well, that's different. You could have done, you could have gone Ranger. You could have gone as a Marine. You could have done Lock. You could have done <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, why not? Absolutely. If you were coming, if you're going to do mine. Uh, George, George was more fit than me. He didn't even get in. Well, th- okay. If you wanted, but that's because you made the decision too late to do it. If you decided, because you, you wanted, before we were going to go into the army, we, we all had in the weeks leading up to it, we okay, all decided. That's, that's a lie. That's a lie. So when, so when we went to, to put right down what we wanted. Yeah. One of them set me out of line and said, you should go for this. Right. MP. And I said, um, okay, what's the thing? And he said, well, you need to do push-ups, whatever. And then when I went to actually sign up, because I thought, fuck it, I might as well give it a go. He looked at me and said, uh, you've got a tattoo. I'm like, yeah. And he says, oh, you can't come. That's fine. That's, okay. That's different. Yeah. That was that, my mistake. That, that was a, that That's was a, mistake. yeah, that was a, uh, yeah, I was uh, like, what I wanted to say was, so the, 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 be- the source of pride. Mm-hmm was from both it, and I also had what you didn't I had that reward or that acknowledgement for what I was doing because the military police had a, a ranking system mm-hmm. and I came third yeah I remember that. and I, I I just wanted to pass yeah I, I, I did that. they told us oh out of the 57 of you 42 will pass I just wanted to be that 47 mm. and you know, I did what I did I did what I did very well. I did what I said I would do at the beginning of the 14 months. And it carried me through. And the the validation for me was I'd set myself a target and I stuck to it. I stuck to my guns. I stuck to something I thought would work. And I was rewarded for it beyond what I expected. So that was the reason. That is the reason that I always look back on those 14 months as a positive. As a positive. And I decided also, you'll know, that because we're not, as the time passes, I decided, well, I don't want to just, I'd seen what this, what's sticking to this uh, self-imposed, but also day-to-day requirements that the army needs did to me. It gave me a big boost in in confidence and, and all that. So I decided, well, okay, when I was put in the offices as an administrator, Protografio, mm-hmm. um, I went above and beyond. So I decided I'm going to let me try and set a rhythm for myself yeah. so that I can carry it on when this is done. Yeah, you told me as well that the office was, was completely fucked and you put a goal to yourself to, to catch up and then have it set for the next person so they don't have to do all the work that you did. Yeah. To fix whatever fuck up was before. Right. Which you did, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And... Um, and the reason I, I went, you know, we, one of our friends, George, he was in the offices and, and also Harry. And yeah. they also, they also found it, they did their jobs and they did it well. Um, but I, I did something a little bit 
different to them. I went a little bit above and beyond what I was supposed to because there's, there's like working hours. So even though we were full-time members, uh, the, um, you know, the, the working hours were 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. Yeah. At 2 p.m., the... the Your superior. The, yeah, the superior of the office leaves. Mm-hmm. And he entrusted me with the keys. He said, if you want to work, work. If you don't, don't. And I chose to work. Uh, and and work towards this goal that you, you described. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did that is because I felt like if I establish a pattern, then it'll carry on after in the phase afterwards. And I think it did. So I think when I when you ask me, well, what works best for you? Well, what I, what have I? I don't. Th- this is what worked best for me mm-hmm. because uh, there was a structure put on me by the army but I also put a structure on myself and I also realize that I work in rhythm so I need to build up sort of a momentum yeah. of, a, of a working rhythm so I think that's what works best for me but what I don't know I don't feel comfortable saying that I need somebody or I can do it by myself I think it's a mixture of both yeah. I don't know yeah and it's one of the things I'm trying to figure out now how but how can you figure that out? Or um, how do you intend to figure it out? Are you gonna try both methods and see which one gives the most output? I think well I'm finding that it's it's psychological. Um the how how you how some for me, how I am going to so for context, obviously after the army, I didn't just down tools. We went to university mm-hmm. and I feel like I was doing very well. Mm-hmm. I was, I continued the, the pattern of behavior that I thought would hold me in good stead that it was. And then obviously stuff happened and it all, COVID happened and uh, my rhythm was disturbed essentially. Um, and that rhythm stretches back that rhythm was set in 2018 when we started so from 2018 to the beginnings of 2020 I had a rhythm that was working for me and then that was sort of blown up in my face and in in trying to start again there were a couple of things that worked for me so I tried to do things by myself first Mm -hmm. as you know when I, in the summer, one of the things I did was, I think it's called journaling. I think that's what most people call it. Oh yeah, I remember you saying, I remember this. Yeah. So it was a way I realized, uh, after my rhythm had been disturbed, that I could no longer, I'd managed to, because I'd managed to work my way to the point, I'd managed to build up a rhythm for myself where I was able to get up and not automatically, but I would tell myself mentally, you know, this is what you need to do today. And I would do it. And I would hold myself to account, but I would record it in my head. I wouldn't write it down anywhere. I knew what had to be done because of the rhythm you set up. Every day you wake up, you know, work out for me, work out, go to your lectures, do your reading, do any work that you need to do. Then, you know, do work out, go to football, enjoy yourself, spend leisure time, read, write, whatever. I would do it because I had the rhythm previously set up. When that blew up in my face... Um, 
and circumstances changed and how I was how I was thinking changed. Um, so when I came out of the hotel, shall we say, yeah. I, 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 I told you guys as well, like even leaving the house was caused stress. It was, it was, it was, we would go to Magoo and I would be like shaking in the car just before, uh, like taking deep breaths, like calm myself down. Like it's nothing, go enjoy the company of your mates and don't worry about the fact that there's a million people all around you straight away because everything was a novel experience again, in a way. Um, and I decided, okay, well, since all of these things are all of these debilitating, annoying habits sort of became, they were dialed up to 11, dialed up to 100. They were much more profound in my head. I realized, well, okay, I want to go back to where I was, but I realized I'm not at the same place. I wasn't at the same place that I was before COVID. And so what do I need? Well, I can't just say, well, let me just go back into the army and start from scratch. But I realized, I think, I guess, I, at least I must have realized that some form of structure was needed. So I started journaling. So I started writing things in the book. It helped. It did definitely help. Writing, writing things down. So I did put a structure on myself. Uh, and in general, I think it helps. Just journaling was, was one of the, it's one of those examples where you ask me, well, what do you need? Well, I need, I need both. Um, I need a structure put on me and I need the freedom to be able to operate how I want within that structure. So even though it wasn't, it, that didn't carry on, it was, oh, and this is the first time I'm thinking about it like this, so. It is, I guess, an example of if, I, if I'm given freedom, complete freedom, then I can put in, put in place a structure for myself that works. So I don't need an external institution, shall we say. Um, but this is the first time I've ever really admitted that and thought about it like that. Of course, it didn't it didn't carry on, like as you know, because I went back yeah. to uni. Yeah. And it wasn't robust enough. It wasn't it didn't it didn't manage it didn't I did well not it. I didn't I couldn't adapt to a, a similar situation that threw me off in the first place. So I think now where I'm trying to work myself back, uh, I'm not going to stop journaling. It was a good thing. It works for you. It was a, it's a, it's a good way. I need to be held accountable. Nobody like, and you, I agree with you. You once said the only person who can judge you is you. So I also want to be my own judge, but I also need to make sure that I don't judge myself too harshly or too softly. There's a balance, and that balance is what I'm uh, is what I'm working towards. Yeah, but how how do you know if you're if you're not punishing yourself but judging yourself in 
in a way that's too much or too little? Doesn't that depend on your goal? Well, hmm. if you're judging yourself too much or too little, what if if? Because if you let let's let's take something arbitrary like getting up and you don't make your bed. Mm-hmm. You just fuck it. I'm just I'm not gonna make my bed. I'm gonna go straight into whatever I'm doing. You're gonna punish yourself for not making the bed. No. Because in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Right. What matters for you, I think, at this moment is getting your headspace clearing and fixing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think you've got the time now to, to sort of sit down and be like, okay, what what do I want to do? What do I want to achieve? What what can I do at this moment in time just to better myself? Mm-hmm. So I think once you get that goal, you can you can it's easier to justify, okay, I'm I'm not I'm gonna do this in your journal, you write it down, I'm gonna do this, 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 and this. It's okay if you don't do it all, because sometimes it's really impossible to do everything you want to do in a day, especially if you, if you're working on something. Well, big. that's what it is. See, now that that's a key that's a key point. If you don't want to do everything you want to do in a day, you have to know when it's too much, and you have to allow for not for spacing stuff out. I think that was one of the things that that uh, I shot myself in the foot in. If you look at my, if my if you look at the book I was using to write down the tasks for myself during the day. I think with hindsight, I could say I was asking just a little bit too much of myself, especially because if I want to do something, I want to do it correctly. I want to do it to the best of my abilities. And sometimes that takes more time than you anticipate. And that's what I mean by balance. And that's what I mean. Look, what you said about making the bed, small trivial things like that, it helps people at it depends on what stage you're at, I think. Yeah, I've read this. It's like, write down simple things so you get them out of the way and that, that builds up momentum. Okay. I don't get that. Okay. Personally. Yeah. Um, that, I also... I've never had to do that. Even at my lowest, I would write um, things that were a bit more challenging. Um, but I do understand why it would help some people. Because we're talking about those people who, well, I, we don't know, but I would assume if, if my, my list was not the list that covers every single thing you do during the day. It was general key points that you want to achieve. But in the space throughout, what do you do to get yourself into that working mindset? Like, I'll give you an example. If you get up and make your bed, you're applying your your brain is working towards completing a task already but if you don't get up and make your bed then you're already in a little bit of a let that be kind of mindset which then when it comes to what you actually want to do or what you've written down then you're more inclined to lean towards the let that be and i think i think i i'm saying that because i did read a book one psychological book and he spoke about he was talking about moral psychology um, but he, he mentioned, and moral psychology, this is not moral psychology, what I just described, but I think one of the interesting things he said is, we're not governed. Our psychology, especially towards morals at least, but maybe in general, we are not governed by our brains. But we are governed by our, not hearts, but like what we feel in this rough area. We're creatures of emotion and not logic. So he used the analogy of the elephant and the rider. If the way our psychology works 
is um, there's, a, there's a little man riding an elephant. Uh, the little man is our brain, how we rationalize things, how we reason things. And the elephant is, you know, our first impressions, emotions, instincts, all that. If I say something to you and it triggers an emotional response, that emotional response is not governed by here. But you will be able to define what that response is using your brain. So, for example, this, this analogy was very interesting. He used this example. I'm going to tell you a story now and you're going to tell me how it makes you feel. Okay. Do you generally believe the line of thought that says, if you're not doing anything that harms others, uh, then you, you should be allowed to do whatever you want? Yeah. Okay. What if I tell you that your next door neighbor, in his spare time, in, in his own house, uh, he, goes out on this, he goes out, he buys a raw chicken, and when he's back at home, he takes it out of the packaging and he sticks his cock in it for 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Okay. How did that make you feel? First initial thought of sticking your cock in a chicken. First thought? Wow. Yeah. Now, some people, it, and I think it would, it's not unfair to say that the majority of people would feel some sort of, they'd screw up their face a little bit like, yeah, like, like that's disgusting. Ew, like that's disgusting. It is disgusting. Okay. But my first thing was, wow. Yeah. Wow, it's disgusting. But then your brain catches up with you and, and says, well, actually, you know, he's not really harming anybody. So it's not that bad. Yeah. But your first instinct was not that. Yeah. So then if you're, if the elephant, your the elephant says where, where you, doesn't say where you're going. But the rider, the brain, guides the elephant or tries to control it a little bit. But the elephant is the, is the main force yeah. there. So to bring it back to, to the tasks thing, the, the reason that some people advocate for writing down the little things and doing them is to get into the, a small rhythm and a small momentum. That's why. Because I do believe that rhythm and momentum are really important in our lives. Mm -hmm. I get that, but it just doesn't apply to me, I guess. Yeah, but like, for example, is there something that you do that wakes you up in the morning? Like really, like just, you wake up, because we all wake up, we're groggy as hell. And then it's just something that... If I'm dying for a piss, then I'm, I'm out of the bed. Mm. I go straight, have a piss, and since I'm up, wash my face, brush my teeth, and then I'm fresh and ready to go. There you go. Okay, now, do you do that nowadays? No. Mm. I stay in bed for like an hour. Mm. And I'm, I never make my bed, by the way. Mm. Now, making the bed is something that a lot of people can relate to. That's why you see it all the time. But for th this is the, the, the distinction. When you say, well, making the bed won't work for me, no. But what does work for you is that need to piss. Yeah. So... If I was to say, well, if I was to try and, if you were to come to me and say, well, I have productivity issues and, and the only thing that gets me going is that need to piss. Well, I'd say, well, before you sleep, drink fucking three liters of water. And when you wake up, you'll need a piss. Yeah. And then you'll be in that mindset because that's you. So again, another book I read about habits is you do some things and those things trigger 
like a domino effect. So the pissing thing will then put you in a more productive mindset. So maybe by association, you begin doing things that you prefer. See, that all makes sense, like on paper and in theory. But I feel like when it comes to me, it just, I lose interest in stuff very easily. Like you, you can say with the working out, we did a week, it went really well. And then after that, I was pretty much not into it. Yeah, and then after the second week, ridiculous. Yeah, fair enough, but it's not gonna harm me if I do it. Right. Well, 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 I was gonna debate this with you. Like, go go on. It's not gonna harm me if I do it, but I just lose interest in stuff so easily. Mm -hmm. So, and I get this thing. It's really weird where different times of day I just get waves of motivation from nothing, Mm -hmm. where it can, can, I can just be sitting on bed. I'm like, okay, I gotta do something. So I go in and I do something. And it makes me feel better. And after I've done it, that's it. Like, I'm done. Like, I get waves. I don't know. I don't know. Do you have something like that? Yeah, waves. Motivation was one of the big things, was the first thing that became really clear to me after my first therapy session. Because I realized that through my lows, I had a problem with motivation. When you're low, you don't have motivation to do anything. And that's what it was. Um, and I had, I, before, before I was told that I had this love hate relationship with the word motivation because, and I think you've seen this as well. It's being used in a, as a term from, it's being marketed basically the term motivation. Let me motivate you. There are motivation pages. There's motivation uh, personalities that try to sell motivation to people because it's a powerful emotion. It's a driver. Uh, and I, I used to believe, and I still do believe, that motivation comes and goes. When it comes, you need to take full advantage of it. And when it goes, if you're enjoying the thing that you initially began, you, could, you continue doing it. Um, and that's a positive thing, even if you're lacking slightly the motivation. So the most, the most generic example is working out. Everybody always has that first boost of motivation to go exercise. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, that motivation does not remain that high constantly. So that drops off. But you continue go doing it because you find some other reward in working out, most people. Um, and I think uh, that you can apply that to other aspects of life, I think. Yeah, but motivation... Is, is only as powerful as, as like the justification you get from the rewards. Right. And that's why with me I'm struggling because I know the rewards right now it's just it's just not going to be that big. Because I can put 110% into it now and then I could probably pass let's say but then I'm still I'm still waiting for that point where I get on the ship so I can properly know that this is what I'm into. Hmm. Because in, in my in my professional industry, most people drop out after the first sea phase because, yeah, it's all well and good learning this shit, but if you can't stay on a tin can for months at a time, then this isn't for you. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gone through that test. And for me, that's the most important test. And if I can't pass that test, then all I've done now is for nothing. Okay. And that's always been in the back of my mind. So that's why I haven't yet put or got motivation I had at the beginning of last year, February, which I think you could you could tell I had a shit ton of motivation back then. 
And now, like, the motivation I, I get, I don't put it into the right things. I don't put it into my assignments. I just put it somewhere else. Or I just be like, I'm really motivated. Like, I could really do something. I could really go, I know, for a run or I could make a nice dish. I just sit in bed. Because I'm like, it's no point. So you so you set yourself this this point and you weren't wrong to do so because it was laid out for you in the beginning of your studies. Mm -hmm. You set yourself this point as a, a moment of validation, of um, of reward for saying, yeah, I can do this. And it sort of solidifies your future in a sense, like, yeah, I can do this part of my education. And it's the most practical, and it's the most applicable. And it hasn't come yet. And you're struggling with that. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm more of a practical learner as well. I can sit and learn shit from a piece of paper, like a can, but it's going to stick with me more if I sit and play with it with my hands or get onto the bridge and press buttons and see how it works and feel it. Mm. I, I'm a, I learn with my hands. Yeah. So it's like everything's gone against me. Every possible thing that could have gone wrong has. But that's how I'm viewing it. Yeah. You, you could obviously argue the, the opposite. No, you're not. Things have gone against you. For sure. For all of us. Yeah. Especially for you. I mean, you've been through a lot to get to where you are. Look, this. I've spoken to this with my brother. And he says that, you know, things have gone wrong, but you can't just say this has just happened to you because it hasn't. The whole world has, has been fucked by this COVID thing. And then he goes, there's, there's, two, there's two different things, two paths you can take. You can either just say, yeah, everything's gone wrong, fuck it. You know, there's nothing I can do, it's out of my hands. Or you can be like, no, this is the time to prove to myself that I can get through this. And no matter what they throw at me, I'm going to achieve my goal. Mm -hmm. If if you're saying that if they're saying that those are the two types of people, I'm always the quitter. Mm. Always, I have been as a child. If there's an easier route, lazy, that's me. If you're thinking of someone who puts the work in, that's my brother, and that's why he was saying he says if it was me, I'd take it as a, a big fuck you to the world to whoever's watching, and be like, you know what, I'm gonna do it because I want to do it, and there's nothing no one can do to stop me. And I think at the beginning, after I came back from from the first phase, I think summer of last year, that's what I, I think from the podcast as well, you could tell, I swap, that's the sort of mentality I had, where, where I was saying stuff like, oh, when I go back, I'm going to be the best shooter. That, that was the reward that I wanted. It wasn't any more get my certificate, get on the boat, become a captain. It was that. Now... I found out that I don't really give a shit what anyone thinks about me. Mm -hmm. You can, you can, I can be the worst person in the in the school grade wise. I don't care. I don't give a shit. And that's that's not bad, but what is bad is the fact that I don't care what I'm going to become. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. I need to push myself, not necessarily be the other person like my brother, but I need to, I need to push myself. Because if I'm going to be like this for the rest of my life, I'm going to be in a lull, then I'm not going to really accomplish anything. Because yeah. if you don't try, and if you don't put some amount of work in, you're not going to get anywhere. Right. You're, uh, you call yourself the quitter mentality. Mm -hmm. 
and I agree with what your brother said in that there's kind of two paths you can take. But I, how about this? I think we've established in this conversation, I think previously, that you're the carrot on the stick kind of guy. You need to have the carrot in front of you and you need to keep going after that carrot. And at some point, you need to grab that carrot. You know, you know the analogy, right? You want, you want to grab that carrot or at least a little bit of that carrot to show that you're on the right track. Now, my question is, do you sometimes feel as if when the carrot's in front of you, if it is in front of you, you sometimes choose not to look at it or ignore it or pretend it's not there? Yeah. You do. Uh-huh. That's a worry. So I think that, do you, can you think of an example? Because I think if you can think of an example where you're taking your own carrot away or you're choosing not to look at it, even though it's there, then you're hamstringing yourself. And then you, that's when I would advise, you know, no, acknowledge that the carrot is still there and you'll get to it. You'll get that little nibble eventually. So if I was to, if I was to make a big like uh, assumption here or, a, or a, a put forward something, it would be, well, the carrot in your study, in the world of your studies, is getting on that tin can. You will eventually get on that tin can though. That carrot's not going anywhere. See, that's what I'd say, but after the year I've had, right. I don't know that. And I'll tell you something. I got a phone call from this, this person who we got the contact with uh, to set me up with the shipping industry. Mm-hmm. And she said, give him a call because I've heard that they're not doing so well and they've had to sell a ship. Mm-hmm. This was two, three weeks ago. I haven't called him because I'm dreading that conversation. Because mm-hmm. if I call him, and he's like, I can't guarantee sea time. And the thing is, I don't, I don't, I need 11 months. I can't, I can't do anything with one or two months here and there. I need 11 months because if I don't get 11 months or 10 months the, the least, then everything's going to be back phased immensely. Over the two sea phases, I was supposed to make up 12 months. It's a qualification that I need. I need this for my qualification, sorry. It, it's part of, it's part of something I need to tick off in order to get my qualification. Now, if he calls me and, I, and he says, you know, and I tell him, look, this and this has happened. I need minimum 10 months. If you can't guarantee this, then there's nothing I can do. I'm going to have to start looking again. It wasn't easy finding a fucking, um, not even a sponsorship, someone, someone to let me work for free, essentially. Mm-hmm. Then all this is literally for nothing. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? I keep, I don't know what it is. I feel like I keep getting kicked in the fucking balls. Anytime I go to make any decision or, or, or step in the right direction, I'm just spun in a chair and I'm not going in a different direction. And back to the thing with the carrot, I think last last year when, when they were putting everything online, it it's so easy. I was in a room by myself. It's so easy to just get up, turn the computer on and just have it open. Not even listen, just have it open. I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't even log in. I wouldn't even be pretending to listen. I just completely shut it out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it I don't. It just feels, and that's why that's why I'm like. The the journey so far has been so 
difficult for me that I feel like even if I do pass, I don't think the reward's going to be worth it at this point. The reward of getting to first officer? Yeah. The COC, the Certificate of Competency. Because how is it that so many people before me have gone through the ordinary route, mm-hmm. get it, sometimes they fail, they got past, whatever, that's fine, I don't care. But why is it that when I start to do something I really want to do, I'm set back by all these things? Mm-hmm. It's just not fair. That's true. And I'm the type of girl person that isn't going to be like, oh, fuck it, bring it on, I'm going to get there, whatever. It's just not me. I could, I could try to be that person, but first thought would be like, oh, for fuck's sake. And then I'm just going to sit down for a day or two and then I'll try and force myself back into it. But now, now, nowadays, it's really difficult for me to force myself because I'm like, what the fuck's going to happen? Right. Yeah. That's heavy. That's heavy because you're... The root of all of this is... One, cynicism, and two unbelievable uncertainty because if you if you push to the to the core i think i think the the root of i think the root of all of this negativity surrounding your current situation and your motivation with your degree is coming from the sea phase possibly being taken away from you again again so what what are we left with? Uh, if you put it off, well, what, no. If you put off asking, oh, you're gonna. This is. I mean, do you think? Because whether it's positive or negative, we can probably both agree that knowing is better than not knowing. Yeah, but if it's negative, then I don't know what's gonna happen. Right. I can't tell you what what I'm gonna do. But if it is negative, it'll would it not be better than this? Because you would cut your losses immediately. You wouldn't. You would stop dealing with Solon. You would stop paying over the odds. You would stop flying back and forth for no fucking reason, because you would realize, well, this hasn't worked out. But then I'm stuck, and I've got to do all this all over again. And if if it's positive, you're going to continue where you're going at. With slight more, slightly more of a clear mind, but it's going to be just as hard anyway, no? Yeah. But if I've got a goal, logically, I should try harder. For, you for have goal a, is attainable. You, you, you have a goal for yourself in both situations. Well, set, no, set, it, a, set a goal for yourself, hypothetically now. Hypothetically, um, the, the shipping company says... No, like we can't guarantee you anything. That would actually be the worst possible scenario. Because they'll say, if they say, no, we can't guarantee you anything, but maybe. That would be the worst. I'm not taking a maybe. It right. needs to be a yes or no. It's, it's okay, two that's months good. or nothing. That's good. And then I have to start looking for another company. So you would start looking for a company or would you? I have to. You, you don't have to. You could say, yes, well, this, this could, but you're... The, the things you've been saying are sort of like, well, this fucking career is driving me nuts. It's making you miserable. The whole process. Yeah, but I put so much into it now. Money that of, of my mum mm-hmm. that I need to get it done. I need to do it. They're not going to refund me money 
No, they're not. Yeah, so all, all that money's gone, and it's money she doesn't really have. There isn't a win. It's it's if whoa, it's, whoa, if, whoa. They, if they say no, then I need to find another company. Okay. And if I find one, that's brilliant. Okay. That that's that's the best case scenario here. But then who's who's gonna? No, the best case scenario is they say no. We'll have a place for you. They're actually, yeah, that's true. That's true. But if they say no, and then I find another company, or start looking, who who in this climate in this economy, who's gonna fucking let me? And I applied as well back back in twenty seventeen when things were so much better and none of this was a thing. Don't know how many fucking. Yeah, I remember. They all said no, and by luck, because we know someone, while I'm a, a bit of mess on, I found someone, and she says, look, talk to this guy, maybe he can get you in, and then we got in. Yeah. But then I don't know if that's going to be a thing. Actually, no. If, if they say no, I'm not going to tell someone anything until I've tried to find another shipping company, if, and then if I don't find one, I'll do with that problem when I get to it. Right. But we've jumped too far into yeah, 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 yeah. So let's get back on topic. No, no, no. I, this is the topic. And the what I want to... I want to tell you, I think... We've jumped a lot far into the future of talking hypotheticals. Mm-hmm. But also, the reason we're doing that is because your current distress, as far as your degree is concerned, is this possible... Is this possibility? Mm-hmm. I think whether it's a good answer or not, I think this is the new carrot. I think, I think, grab it. Yeah. Are you okay with, uh, by the next time we see each other, you will have done it? Yeah, I need to do it. And then, you'll have this weight off your chest. Either way, positive or negative. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's a good thing. I think we'll see, I guess. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, another thing about the carrot and stick thing. Um, when I went back in November to, to start the new course, to start phase three, I sort of put it in my mind that I'm going to do well. And I did well. I managed to pass everything. I failed, I failed the theory um, part of it first time, but that wasn't that was just me being stupid. But then I resat and I did it again. So that was good. So that, that month, just before the new year... Was, went really well for me and I felt like I could get that momentum going but in the back of my mind I felt like this was going too well mm-hmm. so then obviously I came I went to my, to my auntie then I came over and I got the call I was positive do you know what my first reaction was when I heard that I started laughing I started laughing because I'm like now everything makes sense I was, I was laughing because there we go so I think it was going well and then I get this fucking stupid news. Now that makes sense. Now, now there's sort of a balance in the universe. Mm-hmm. That that's my thinking, and it's carried on into now. So that's why it's like, whatever the reward is going to be, it needs to be significant. It needs it needs to to add up for all the shit I've been through. That's bad. Because now, originally, it was. They do through three years, go through hell, exams, orals, written, whatever, and get the CLC. Now I've gone through all of what I was supposed to learn and more, and a bit more, 
and then a bit more fuckery, and all I'm gonna get, and all I'm gonna get is a COC. All. That's how I'm thinking about it now. And it's mad. Do you know what's kind of... It is mad. And it's, it's crazy because what you just said in the first positive... Not positive. In the, in the first realistic aspect of it. You are allowed for all the fuckery you're going through now. If I could rewind time right now. And go back 30 seconds to what you just said. Mm -hmm. You said, well, I'm going to start. I'm going to go through hell. I'm going to do all my exams, da, 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 go through or, you know, then get this reward. Well, when you say something like, well, I'm going to go through hell. Well, if in your mind you said, well, I'm going to go through hell. You're going through hell right now. So you yeah, should have that, anticipated. That was a justified amount of hell. Hell. That was a justified amount of hell that everyone goes through. Mm. That everyone's supposed to go through. Right. That, that, that should be expected of. Mm. Not this fuckery. Maybe. But an old head could come. Or I could come. Or anybody could come and tell you, son, that's life. In life, we go through fuckeries. Think about it. Right now, 2020. Unprecedented. Not unprecedented. Novel epidemiological crisis, pandemic. Mm -hmm. The whole world has come to a shutdown. Mm -hmm. 12 years ago, 13 almost, huge financial economic crisis. Seven years before that, 9-11. In the decade previous to the 2000s, in the 90s, Gulf War, who knows how many other fucking tragedies. Okay. So let's say... We're 40 years old. Mm -hmm. We've gone through so many things that have put the whole world in the bin. We're going to go through some other fuckery down the, down the line. So I'm playing devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. When we set out to do something, am I being too unfair in telling you? You should have not allowed for this, not expected this, but accept it you know go through the five stages of fucking whatever accept it we're in a shit time and then at some point start to get the clock turning start to get the gears moving again i've done that right my most my most used phrase back in 2020 was it is what it is right and then i i've, I've tried to get back onto it countless times but then i'm just met with more obstacles right but you know, when, when, how many obstacles? Well, but when will you never? When will you not have an obstacle? It's a not fair to say a that. A reasonable obstacle is fine, right? But if you put an obstacle up on top of an obstacle, it's like you're telling me all your hard work is for nothing. That's how I see it. And this, this shit that says life is hard, yeah, that's fine. Life is hard for everyone. I get that, but there needs to be some sort of justification of why I'm doing it. You right. can't just say life is hard. I get that. Life is hard. But if I'm going to get through life, then I should get what is deserved. Right. Through my work, through my output. So then... I'm not getting any of that. Well, when, hang on. Well, am I going to get it in 40 years when I don't need it anymore? Hang on. Good question. You did say, though, that, you know, you've been, you've been dealing with shit upon shit upon shit upon shit. And we're still talking about... We're still just talking about the fucking shipping thing, let, let alone yeah. what's happened in personal lives. There was a stage, you just said it, where it was going well. 
And yeah, it, it was two months ago. That is two months ago, of course. But it it was going well, yeah. and that is a little bit of the carrot off the stick. Yeah, and I you felt, got to the first part, and, and it I felt, felt great. good. Yeah, then I got COVID. Right, you did get COVID. I think that, and you have been through the ringer. But even the worst situations, we can make them even worse in our own brains, and we don't yeah, appreciate. I've done that. I've yeah, done that and we well. don't, and we don't also enjoy the good bits. So last week we said, two weeks ago we said, you know, we go through, we acknowledge that we go through ups and downs, yeah, and the lows is what makes the ups. So we acknowledge that we know it in the back of our brains, but when the lows come. We fucking we 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 let ourselves feel it. We swear at the world. We let ourselves feel it, and when the highs come, we have to enjoy them. Yeah, okay. It's good to know that it won't last forever, but it's not good to focus on the fact that it won't last forever. If something's going well, we should enjoy it. My, do you know what my first thought was when you start talking about the highs and lows? My first thought was. For the past five years, in my head now, mm-hmm. it could be true, it could be not. All I've had was a low. Right. There hasn't been highs. I had to fix that. Mm. Because if I'm even in this conversation, if I hear it back, I'm going to be constantly talking about the negative. That's not right. And I can say on the podcast, yeah, I'm going to fix it. But for me, words mean fuck all because I've said, oh, tomorrow I'm going to start on my essay and I'm going to get X amount done and I just end up doing nothing. I need to start doing shit. I can't, I can't just say, yeah, I'm going to do this, this, this. I need to start doing shit. Well, what do you think? Let's take it back to the beginning of the podcast. What do you think you need? You said you need a structure. Uh, you need, you do need an external motivator. But what do you think that could substitute for or not substitute, but be that external motivator that you need. I couldn't tell you. Or the pissing thing. If I tell you drink drink three bottles of water a night, sure. Just before you sleep, and you wake up and you piss, and it helps. I'll try it. You well, you try it, and you would see an effect. But if that doesn't work, that doesn't mean okay. Let me not try something else. I think you take too long before going from. One attempt to the next. Yeah, that's that's just the me. That's just who I am. Right. It's like what's his name? Is it Thomas Edison that made the light bulb? Yeah. Uh, he was asked, um, you know, he was asked, what was it? What was it called? He said, um, it took you um, like three hundred tries to get the light bulb. This is how how did you do it? And he just says, all I learned was three hundred sixty five ways of not to make a light bulb. I just needed the one. Mm-hmm. I don't have that mentality. I don't know how the fuck he did that. That's not me. For me, because easiest is best for me. If it works first time, that's brilliant. I love it. If it doesn't, fuck. Give up. But that's me. But you're, that's not you. That though. is me. That's though. not how you lived your life, fam. That is me. That's not how you've lived that's your life. That's always been me. That's not how you've lived your life that's ever since you decided me. to change. If it if it was easy, if the journey to getting the piece of paper that makes you a COC was easy, then you wouldn't be where you are right now. 
It's been hardness, it's been difficulty upon difficulty upon difficulty upon difficulty. And you haven't downed tools. You're not even going to, if you call up the Donny tomorrow and he says, I don't have a place for you. You're going to say, okay, well, you already know what you need to do next. You're going to start trying again. And then only when that becomes an impossibility, when you feel as if you've done everything you can, because you will do everything you can, because you've got skin in the game. You have, you have put something, there's something more in it for you. Your parents are backing. So that's the, that's the skin in the game for you. That's the driving motivator. Yeah. So you have an external factor and it's not been easy. If you, if you were just, if I was to take that clip and show it to you out of context, then you would have, you would then turn around and say to yourself, well, you think these last couple of months have been fucking easy? Fuck off. Mm. Well, they haven't been, have they? No. So, and you've, you've kept going because you've changed. Obviously, it is true that you are terrible at looking at the positives because the, f- you, I mean, you no, just... No, it's a bad thing. It, it, yeah, but you suck at it. Yeah. Like you probably know in, in that positive spike that you had in November, you know, you, how much really were your thoughts dominated by where's this thing coming? Where, where? It was always in the back of It was mind. always in the back of your mind. And that's why I laughed when I got the phone call and said I was positive for um, COVID. Right. So I'm like, there we go. Mm-hmm. Now it makes sense. But I'm trying to say you're not a quitter. And I'm trying to say one of the the the, the things that you that I find personally most frustrating is that you tr- you know the, the positive like this positives in the past five years, surely. Buffer? That's different. Mm-hmm. It's a positive. You, I'm, I'm saying happy being with you guys is amazing and being with family is amazing, obviously. And, and the memories we have are incredible. But that's, I need to be, I need to set those as two different people. That is Aaron as a person. Now I need to be Aaron as an occupation, as, as someone who's willing to, to get what he wants in order to succeed. Okay. They're two different Aaron's for me. So you think in one a, is in, lacking in a productive, so productive, uh, this is the, probably the wrong word, but productive Aaron hasn't been, he's been slacking mm. and obviously he's had shit done to him or shit has happened and it's been difficult for him. But on a, on a graph, he's, he's working below optimum and he always has been. Okay. And I'm talking about school where I never tried. I'm talking about, um, Anything, anything that will help me in the future, I've never tried. My best. It's different when we hang out with you, with 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 you guys and family and people. That that's that's just me being me. I'm not doing anything. Mm. We're we're having fun. I see those as two different things. Yes, th- yes, those are the most happy parts of my life. But but that that's different. I can't I can't acclimate that to this this person who needs to get to where he needs to be. It's two different people. Because if for us to have fun, we don't even need to do anything. Okay. We hang out. We can just talk like this. I'm having fun now. Do you know what I mean? It, it's two different. It's two different parts of my mind. It's two different people. And and the person I need to work on now is that productive Aaron who needs to get where he wants to be. So for 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 the productive Aaron has never had that moment where he's like, yeah, 
Never. No. So can I build a defense case for the productive iron? Sure. Productive iron has uh, two properties that he's that were given to me. They were given to you, but you built them from scratch. That were given to me. They were given to you, but they were give. They weren't given to you how they are now. They were given to me, right? My brother, my brother got the loan out. Yeah. He's paying for it from his properties and his stuff. I put nothing in. My mum had to get a loan as well to put it in, and it's in my name. Okay. And then I get the profits. You get the profits. I do. I do none of the stuff online for the Airbnbs for people can come. I do none of the greeting. I do none of the washing. I do nothing. Those are properties given to me. Those are assets that I did for nothing. Yeah. And every time mum and George ask me for like an opinion, I'd be like, just, just do whatever. Hmm. And they know this because I've told them I feel like I don't deserve them. That's why my opinion isn't as as, as valuable as yours. Mm-hmm. So if it's between like George says, oh, I want these sofas and mum wants those sofas and it comes to me, I'm like, I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. My, my, my opinion is invalid because I haven't put enough into it. And that's why that's why this career is, is appealing to me because one, it's good money. And two, I can I can be able to actually contribute to this thing that my brother wants to build where we get shit ton of properties and he can manage them. That's why I like this. But the properties, I did fuck all for those. That was my mum and dad, they they got a shit ton of loans, and managed to get three properties, and then they split those three between me and George. George got his own property with a loan, and then and then George wanted another property to be in my name as well. Well, no, he wanted another property, but he needed mum's help. So mum got another loan, as well as his income slip and whatever. They bought that house, but the only reason my mum would help was if that property was half in my name. Mm-hmm. Because she's like, if I die, everything I have is going to go to half anyway. What have I done in that, in that process? I've done nothing. You tell me. I've done nothing. Has there ever been a case... A situation in in this timeline you've described where they've come up to you and said thank you yeah yeah because I help I do the bushes sometimes I clean sometimes I I trim trees and stuff do you paint the um, one in gut parties no we hired someone professional okay what about uh and sorry, just before you say it, it always pisses me off because my mum always says, well done, you're doing well, and whatever. But like, I don't deserve that. Mm. She's saying, she's saying you're doing well for something that I don't, that for something I've got and I haven't even earned. Mm. And that, I've just clocked now, it's really weird. I've given, I've been given something that most people work so hard to get and then I don't appreciate it. But then I, I've, I, I'm talking about this whole podcast, how I need I need the carrot and stick method, is I need to work for something, and I can't get it, so I'm giving up. That's just baffed me now. Isn't that weird? Well, what part of it's baffed you? That you, you, you were given something, you can't appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm How work- have you linked that with the carrot and stick? So, I'm working now to get something. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult... I've gone through shit, so I'm, I'm giving up. 
Let's just say, let's just say that that's that's the tra- trajectory. Sure. We're trying to avoid that. Yeah. Now, I've been given something, and I'm not even grateful for it. Hmm. Isn't it like contradicting? Do you get what I'm trying to say? I do. It's like it's like, I feel like I don't deserve it because I've not worked hard for it. But if I if I if I'm basing that off my logic, then why aren't I working as hard as I possibly can to get the CRC? I see. Does that mean I need an optimum level of of difficulty to get across to justify why I need to have that or why I want to have it or why I have it? Well, because if it is, I'm fucking stupid. Why are you stupid? It's difficult to find an optimum anything. The the whole of our lives. People try to find a balance in anything. Everything requires a balance. And the, re- the times we find hardships is when things are out of balance. So what you're looking for now is your own balance. And your inability to appreciate what you were given is throwing your balance off. Because your appreciation for something so... If you look at it, if you put things on the, on the scale, the house is, let's say, very heavy. So it's putting, lifting the scales, putting them out of balance. Your appreciation for having it, it should be what balances it out, okay? When you appreciate what you have, well, I'm not saying, I'm saying talking now in general terms. When you appreciate what you have and you understand what's gone into getting it, then you realize you are given a blueprint for then going forward and being able to achieve one of the two things. So when you don't have it, when you don't have the heaviness, the, the thing that you must appreciate, your appreciation for it becoming too big, right? That does happen. You don't have nothing. You have gr- massive appreciation. Appreciation throws things out of balance again. That's when we work hard to be able to restore balance, achieve yeah. that. So you're not fucking stupid for struggling with something the whole fucking world struggles with. Now, I will say that I, I'm always very concerned when you adopt that stance of uh, I was given everything and I don't deserve it or anything. Usually when we're given stuff, if you give me something and I feel like I don't deserve it and as you're leaving I take the thing you've given me and I put it back in the boot of your car and you find it when you go back home you open your boot and you see the thing you gave me you get offended yeah. it's a discourtesy you're kind of shoving the properties that your parents gave you back into the boot of their car and saying you know manage it I don't, it's not mine Obviously, they're, ne- they're not going to come and say, well, I'm offended. Da, da, da. They're our parents. They're not going to say that. But if, if it wasn't your parents, it was your own hard work, so you split yourself in two. You separate productive Aaron with, mm-hmm. with another version of you. Mm-hmm. You work. You get these houses. You say, okay, this is mine now. Then the, the negative part of you comes and says, well, no, I don't deserve this. 
there's no way you, Mr. Productive, could have done this if you didn't have the education and your mum didn't pay for your university and then you didn't, your professor, say you find a professor you respect, professor you respect didn't motivate you and put you in the right direction or you weren't given contacts or your whole network that was given to you, blah, blah, blah. So this negative aspect of you would come and say, no, you don't deserve this. Take, take this. Put, you put it in the boot of productive Aaron's car, right? You'd have an issue with yourself. So... So would you think that if I worked hard for the prop- a property, say, I, I still wouldn't appreciate it? You would probably, if I was to follow the pattern of the conversation we've had today, you'd probably say, well, I've got this property. This is great. So when's the, when's the next economic downturn going to come that, that'll make the yeah. value of this property fall to shit? Yeah. Is that unrealistic? No. Well, that's not good. Yeah. Do we, how, you know, more than anybody, because you've said it today and you've said it before, that there's some things, some parts of you that need to change or that you need to put in place to, to stop the shit, stop the rot, shall we say? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. You don't know the answer, but nobody knows the answer. But you could at least... When, when you hear things like what Thomas Edison says, uh-huh. I think you do have that mindset. I think you've misunderstood the quote. When he says, well, I failed 386 times. Where every single time he failed, he would have been feeling exactly the same way you feel every time a new obstacle comes. But he would have been like, right, okay, well, I'm going to try something else now. Because, yeah, I'm not like that. I don't try something else. I give you up. You do try. No, you don't give up. I though. do. No. I you sold give, it off. You so, Do you? Yeah. You haven't sold off your studies because of COVID and everything moving online. I did in the beginning. University studies. Yeah, I did in the beginning back last year when when we first got into lockdown. Right. I sold it off. Okay. And then, and then they came and said, "Oh, you're going to be suspended." And then that whole financial thing came up. They gave me a second chance. They gave me two assignments, which I don't know how I passed, but I passed them. Right. And I went back, and then I did well, and then I got COVID. Now here, I, I, I sodded it off. No, but then after sodding it off the first time, you were pulled back in. And it was it's your choice to be pulled back in. Yeah. Now, it doesn't matter what means you use, at least in my eyes, at least as far as this conversation is concerned, the ends are the important thing. The ends being that you did get back into it. So you come in and telling me that, oh, yeah, no, I down tools. Or t- Look, you fucking, you might down tools. You have down tools. You said it yourself. You've picked them up. There has always been instances where you've picked them up. Yeah. So maybe now, say, I mean, now you're not downing tools per se. I don't know. I don't know how you've been working, really. Not efficiently. Not efficiently, shall we say. Okay, cool. So that is a form of downing tools. One of the first things you can do to pick them up again, and you are going to do it eventually, because here's the thing, whether we like it or not, yes, at the highs we fall, but at the lows we always rise. You are eventually going to send or ask about that possibility of going on the ship, asking your contact, 
you know, is, is my position still safe here? And that is one method, one way of picking up the tools again. It's one method of looking at the carrot again. You saying you're going to do it, no. You doing it is you're turning your head back to the carrot. And it's one of those things where as soon as you look at the carrot and you do the thing, you're going to get a piece straight away. Yeah. As I'm saying this stuff, what, what's your what's what's the initial reaction? Is it is it fear? Is it uh, what is it? Because um, it's reluctance. If I'm being honest, reluctance. Well, reluctance towards what? To just get this going. Well, where does that come from? Because deep down, I know that I'm not going to get the answer I want. Because mm. of the negative thinking. Mm. Yeah, I know exactly how you feel. It's it's so infuriating. It is. So sometimes you feel like you can do something. Like you might get like a little spark of motivation of, of whatever you want to call it, but then just something in in the depths just comes as it's just not worth it. Because something's bound to go wrong. Yeah. It does suck. Yeah, we, we look, I've just, I think we, we look too far ahead. When we say, we look, we look too far ahead until we find that which, that which confirms our own negative thoughts, like confirmation bias. So if you say, well, let me, let me start something that is going to lead to something good, right? Then, then we have the subconscious thought of, now, because something's going to make this good thing bad or worthless. And then we stop there. We never make ourselves think, well, once that happens, we'll, we'll get through that. And then we'll go on to something, something else positive. Because like, we're naturally negative. We always stop at the, the bit that confirms, no, everything's going to fucking... It's easier for us to confirm. Yeah. We have a confirmation bias towards negativity. Yeah. And it always feels like it's it's that way, like like it's set in stone. But in reality, it doesn't. It's not necessarily set in stone. I think in reality, it is like something's going to go wrong. But we also forget to set in stone the fact that something's going to go right. Yeah. We've had similar conversations like this before. Like me, me trying to tell you something different to how you perceive stuff and then likewise you with me um has there ever been a time now in general where your perspective has changed on something that you have knowledge on so you have a you know a certain amount about a topic let's say in this conversation it's about yourself in other situations, it's about fucking hair dye. And then somebody comes and puts forward their case and, and your opinion is not changed, but you've taken stuff on board. I mean, off the top of my head, no. So you've never changed your mind on anything? Well, I'm, I might get some sort of... I might change my mind and be like, okay, today I'm going to do something. But then the next day, I'm always back to, to where I was. It's not something that will stick. 
Mm. I always revert to whatever I was. And it's more often than not negative. In in the context of motivation. I'm just talking about motivation now. And what about in general? I don't know. I think it's coming to mind. Have you? Well, oh, I, I, I've, um, I tried to change my mind. All, not change my mind all the time. I try to let myself change my mind. If somebody comes and says, no, you're wrong and here's why. And they give a good good argument and they say, well, I've studied this or whatever. Like, I think a very potent example of a recent one is I've always been against learning about money and finance and the economies and stuff. And even though it's taken a long time, you know, my dad has convinced me, you know, has hammered it through my stick insistence against at least learn the basics of financial institutions and economies and this how the world works and capitalism and so that in further discussions down the line because excluding personal discussions mm -hmm. on on the subject of you and you or I mm -hmm. most serious social discussions devolve into politics which devolve into financial systems yeah. which devolve into a clusterfuck of ideologies and that has always been unfortunately the way we operate as a society is sort of built on money and me shutting myself off to how that shit works doesn't put me in a good position to have conversations so that so that's an example of me changing my mind on how I value knowing about the world of finance, the world Quintus is going into. Now that you said that example, I've got one, but it doesn't sound as like profound as your one. Go on. It's doesn't alien. matter. It's aliens. All oh, right. Yeah. Like, like they exist now. <laughs> For you in your yeah, mind, yeah, they exist. Yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah. yeah it's just, what what's just so, sad that you go on about learning finance and, and economy like yeah, I think aliens are real. <laughs> no, but that no but you know why I'm asking that? Because you know, what steps what what steps do you think you know we need need to take as an individual to expand our idea on a topic? It, you talk to someone who who knows something about that world. Or you listen. I learned through a podcast. Mm. Someone that's, that's how I got that. You obviously got it from your dad, I'm guessing. Yeah. Maybe books, I don't know. But yeah, you, you can't just listen to, to someone say, <clears throat> in my case, they've been abducted and, and they were on a spaceship and they got probed. That's, that's you, you need a reliable source, someone who, or even multiple accounts that helps. You can't just be like from one person. It's got to be multiple accounts that are saying roughly the same thing. And then you can be like, okay, it's not a coincidence anymore. At least from my point of view. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's pretty logical. You can't just listen to someone who knows fuck all about something. Right. It's like me trying to tell you about religion. I know fuck all about religion. But, but then... But then if, if, uh, 
if the only way you change your opinion or take on board something on a certain topic is through listening to scholars on it or experts on it, then you think that that then leaves no room for changing someone's opinion in a social context. Meaning, if you, are, you I, George, Harry, John, Quintus, all of us go out and we have a discussion on something, when we try to change someone's mind on a certain topic, there's then no way that will happen because we're not experts in that said thing. So when it comes to aliens, no. Right. I don't think. But maybe in your in your example, what if we sit and discuss, you know, our so let's say I don't I don't sort of I don't know, Bitcoin now, for example. We're talking about cryptocurrencies. I obviously know fuck all about cryptocurrencies and we've got people in our group who are sort of getting into them. If they tell me, you know, I've made X amount and I ask them how and why and they give me an explanation that, that I understand and it makes sense and then that, that explanation correlates to why they've made money, then yeah. But if they come and say to me some bullshit thing of, oh, I just wait, I buy when it's high, I sell, I sell when it's high and I buy when it's low, okay, fine. But how do you know it's going to sell? How do you know it's going to go up or down at that point? So maybe they do know and then I'd get on board, but it needs, it needs, to, it needs to come across to me in a way that I understand and, and it's logical. Hmm doesn't have to come from Albert Einstein of crypto, cryptocurrencies. It's just if it makes sense in my head and they've got proof of it in the sense that they're making money, yeah, mm. I'll take it into account. It doesn't mean I'm going to start investing in cryptocurrencies and, to, and do whatever George and Quintus tells me. No. Having said that, I, I bought Ripple. <laughs> um, but going back to the thing, if I... If I open a discussion in the group and say, I believe in aliens, regardless of what they think, and I come and say, <clears throat> I've never seen one, but I know they're out there, what does that make you feel? This guy's a fucking idiot. No. Well, if, you, if, that, if, that's, you, if that's all I'm saying, if that's what you're saying, regardless of what I said before in the past, right? if I just come and say that, what do you feel? I'd be like, you know, do you know what I feel like? You know in like cartoons when like the giant question mark appears? Yeah. Me? That'd be me. Yeah. So I'd be like, well, well expand, please. And, and then I, you expand and you give your reasons. And I, I'd your say reasons my reasons are good. Saying, well, I heard on a podcast. Yeah. Well, okay, you have to approach, well, okay, what, is it a good podcast? What was said on the said podcast? I know. And then I can refer you to documentaries I've seen as well. Right. And then oh, maybe wow. we've seen documentaries. Yeah, sure. oh, you've got down the fucking rabbit hole, yes. haven't you? Yeah. Nice. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, but yeah, like, I think Harry might might believe. Right. Quintus, I don't think so. George, I don't think he cares. Right. But he'd probably be like, yes. I think everyone will probably be like, yeah. Yeah, I would say yeah, up to some degree. Yeah. I wouldn't 
I wouldn't say there's people like E.T. No. Like with the giant heads and shit. But I, you, you, I, I would... That's... L- that's... What they look or that those exist. The, the, the most... The, the most accurate depiction would be small, mm-hmm. big head, mm-hmm. no mouth, or, or just like a slit, um, really small, lanky, long appendages, legs, whatever, but massive head. No, 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 massive head. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a thing where it's, they, they communicate in your mind. Right. Telepathy. Yeah. That I'm very skeptical about because I couldn't fathom. I couldn't even begin to understand how they would do it. It just, it just doesn't make sense. But th- those are the most credible accounts of what they might look like. It's not massive, slender looking like people. It's small, petite, big head, white, long arms and legs. And I think it's no mouth or, or a slit, something like a slit. That's what they look like. Not your teeth on top. Hmm. Well, I'd question your source on like how that's such a specific description. <laughs> I have to question your source on it, but I would definitely be willing to think of it as a substantial possibility. Like I'm 80% sure that that is definitely possible. I'm 100% sure because there's a story I told you about the African village. Mm-hmm. There was, there was a village in Africa and it was, <clears throat> they were visited by, by an alien and it was, I think, a kindergarten. This was like decades ago now. And they were visited and then the story broke out that how the alien visited this young uh, kindergarten and the children at that time started taking, draw, drawing what they saw and all of them said the same thing. And now this, this person who was on the Joe Rogan podcast, he went back and he did a documentary about aliens. He went back to that village and um, he spoke to the teacher who was there that day, who is now headmaster. And then he obviously confirms everything. But then the weird thing was, is he, he spoke to all of the students individually. And now that they've had time to sit on it and, and actually like think about that day and what happened, they all described what they saw, the exact same thing, and how they all got the same message, which was, I think, something to do with technology. Yeah, be aware of technology. Yeah, I think that that, that was the message. And and all of them said that they, they never felt scared. It was it was like a calming, like like white noise type of feeling, really weird. So that's why I believe 100%, because how can you have a whole class of kindergartens draw the exact same thing and then decades later explain the exact same thing? From experience to what they look like. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. Sorry, again, another tangent. No, that's cool. Aliens, I could put it in the title. (laughs) So that's, yeah. I think it's really cool. What, aliens? Aliens. Extraterrestrial life. Um, It just goes to show how fucking shit we are as a species useless we are i mean you don't need aliens to tell you that yeah but it just i think it it just sort of proves the fact that we're just shit in what sense in what se- in cosmic sense in a cosmic sense yeah, we're, uh, we're we're not as good as them 
but we've done pretty fucking well from a from a from a primal species. We were monkeys. Now we're going to Mars on an evolutionary level. Yeah, we've done well. But if you're looking at social levels, oh yeah, what we do to ourselves is fucking horrendous. Yeah, yeah. But we're, we're, we are getting better. We are getting better. Very slowly and, yeah, and super inefficiently. Who are, you, who are you talking about? Like, who's getting better? Humanity on a level is getting better. As a society, we're getting better. I don't think so. I think it's getting worse. No, we're getting better. I think it's getting worse. Mm. I think we're just, we're just at a point where... We're at a point where people now give less of a shit about us as a, as a unit and more about themselves. That's, that's a good thing. That's a bad thing. If I don't give a shit about... If I want to do something and I don't care what it does to you or the next person in a negative way and he continues to do it, then how's that good? Okay, how about Where, this? Whereas if I do... If, I, if, I've, if I'm making a decision, a conscious, conscious decision based on what everyone is going to be affected then I think about it twice and be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try and do something else. That would be more sustainable as opposed to fuck everyone else. Oh, but I think, I think that's, that's, mm, you can apply those. They're not the same. I think they're, they're not opposites. I think if, for example, if I, if I was to do something in the individualistic sense, right, that mm-hmm. you talk about, you're not you're doing something purely for yourself without an account for others, mm-hmm. right? But the way the, the the reason that I think sometimes thinking as an individual works is if because if we stop worrying about everybody else, but we focus more on on, on our own shit, and we get better, then that should have a positive effect on those around us. If you're not, if, if I'm not a miserable cunt all the time, then the people around me won't be affected by my miserableness. Yeah, you're right. But, but if I'm a greedy bastard, then the people around me will be affected. Yeah. So I think there's, there's uh, distinctions. I think I, w- I was mainly thinking about, well, if you think about it from Earth's standpoint and being more sustainable, you kind of need to have accountability. <clears throat> And you have to have in mind of what your actions are going to do for everyone else. Yes. If you took it from a sustainable point of view. But then your point of view is if, if I'm feeling better and if I'm feeling good about myself then, and I stop being a cunt in general, then that's going to like have a snowball effect and possibly influence others. I get that. That's fair enough. That's a good point. I think on, on a lot of social issues... Like, for example, um, we've, we've come a long way considering things like technology and accessibility to technology and, and the whole world sort of coming out of primitiveness, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, as far as te- technological advancements go and accessibility to them, I think we've gotten better as a species. Yeah, and it's, it's only going to get better as well. Yeah, and I think what you're talking to more when you say we're getting fucking worse is that the smarter we get, the harder it is to have smart conversations to sort of iron out the, fu- the rest of the issues. So you want to change your opinion on something. You want to hear the other side. 
How much harder must it be in the current climate to be allowed to ask the question, to educate yourself? Yeah. Because if you're a public personality, and we all are to some degree because we've all got social media, somewhere in your history you would have done some something in our previous digital and analog record shows that we used to have this belief. But we want to change. Mm-hmm. It'd be much harder to shake that off and be able to have and be able to have others believe that you you're earnest in changing because it's it's difficult to measure earnesty. Yeah. But then that's that's one thing that sucks about social media because if you've got if you've got like a an old tweet saying I don't know something racist you actually want to make amends or you want to actually stop being racist yeah you apologize for it but then with social media you're always going to be called you know fake you're doing this for you know you don't really mean it because apparently people are incapable of change right but that's not that's, that's not the truth that's not the truth but then if he if he knows that okay i'm going to make a change but then i'm going to be shunned for trying to make a change why make a change at all exactly that's where i think that's a problem. That's that's where I agree with your idea that uh, no, we're, we're we're as a social speed, yeah. we're fucking yeah. ridiculous. That's it. But I also understand why people are cynical, because yeah, yeah, yeah. We go, we bang on about yeah, this person wants to change, but we've also spoken about how hard it is for you and me to change. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy to be fake as well. Oh yeah, super easy for for clout as well. Mm. Yes. This the the person who tries to be with the I'm better than you attitude when well are you is that really who you are or mm. are you just doing it to appear good? Yeah. Selfishness versus selflessness. Another day. Yeah. Well thank you for listening to the tenth episode of Not Even Being Serious. <clears throat> and we will see you all very soon. I appreciate you, bro. No